Welcome back to the Viking Update Show. John, one point I've been making uh, in a lot of different venues is that, you know, we are accustomed to talking about baseball and reminding people, man, it's a long season. So much can happen. So many things can change month to month. Same, You can say the same thing about the NBA season and the NHL season. I think what we're finding out this year is that the football season, even with just 17 games, so many things can change week to week, month to month. And now we're seeing it. The Vikings, uh, you know, at one point they were devastated. Then they were the hottest team and maybe the best story in the NFL. And now it feels like they are absolutely, you know, going the wrong way at a time when the Packers, who started off well and went in the tank, and now we're, it's like so many things are changing. And at this particular moment, they are not really changing to the Vikings' benefit. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. I mean, I, it's it sounds cliche, but it, it's a roller coaster. And right now, the Vikings are on that downslope of the coaster, and um, and it does not look good for them. You know, we'll see what happens. They can turn things around. They have the buy. Then they have you know the Raiders and Bengals are winnable games. Then you get a tough finish to the season. But the circumstances and the context around their season have changed remarkably in the last three weeks now. Um, you know, they're, they're coming off of a five-game winning streak going into Denver, wind at their backs, really in control, Packers struggling. Um, that, that, that one of the final seeds in the NFC playoffs looks to be theirs to, to have. Like, they, they're, they're the inside track, they're looking great in that situation. Then they lose a game they should have won against Denver. They lose a game they should have won against Chicago. The Packers beat the Chiefs at home uh, with, and and Jordan Love is starting to look really good. All of a sudden the heat is right on their necks. And so how they handle these changing circumstances is going to be enormous in how this team and how this season finishes up um, because the Packers schedule looks much better much more favorable than the Vikings down the stretch. And so it now it feels like the Vikings are going to have to scratch and claw to, to, to get what looked like just a few weeks ago was going to be theirs easily. No doubt about it. Hey, this is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. We both work with TalkNorth.com. Brandon Morton is our producer, and we appreciate you listening. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You also will, especially this year, you will enjoy the John Krasinski show on the Timberwolves in the NBA. Uh, team's a blast. That show is a blast. Check that out as well. And again, if you like it, please subscribe. Uh, so much going on with the Vikings that we're going to get to. We want to thank our many sponsors at the Viking Update show. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks to Twill, my favorite clothing shop. Thanks to TSR Injury Law. Thanks to Starbank and to Tuttles uh, and the Tuttles family of restaurants and cool places to hang out. Uh, so we are talking here on Monday morning, uh, day after the, the Packers beat the Chiefs uh, for the third straight victory, uh, tying the Vikings for second place in the division. Uh, the Vikings are now closer to last place in the division than they are to first. It's clear that they are going to have to scramble for a wild card spot. They are going to Vegas for a theoretically winnable game. This Sunday, and as of this moment, they have not made any official announcement about who their quarterback is going to be on Sunday. I felt like Monday night after that loss to the Bears, it sounded to me like O'Connell was hinting he was going to go with Jaron Hall. 
The next day, it sounded like he was leaving up the possibility he would go to Nick Mullins. And now it feels like they are. he is now, if we are to believe the national reports, and I generally do, he's leaning toward Dobbs. What do you make of that whole decision-making process right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of sympathize with him yeah. uh, a little bit going through this, right? Because right after that Bears loss, which was so bad, and Josh Dobbs throws four picks, and you're like, I can see the despair setting in. And this is why, Jim, I think that the bye week was crucial for the Vikings right now. Because in the heat of the moment, I do think O'Connell, and I was in that um, post-game press conference with him, just as you were, and and you you look at it and you're like, oh, man, this coach is going to make some big changes. He's He's fed up with it. And maybe it is Hall, maybe, you know, Mullins, whoever. And maybe it was one of those things where it's like, I'm just done with this. We got it. We got to make a change. We got to make it now. And and then to have a full week to sort of digest everything, cool your head a little bit, and maybe look at it through a little bit clearer eyes, I think was really important. Now, that doesn't mean that he still won't change his mind and go back to or go to hall or go to Mullins or something like that. But I do think that having that time to really process it and go over everything allows for him to make a much more uh, logical decision than one that's in the heat of passion. And so um, here's what I would do, Jim, which is, I know, again, I know KOC, uh, you know, listens to this podcast. I know that he really values both of our views and opinions, and he's probably going to take this into account. I would give Dobbs one more chance because I think that he is the player with the most physical uh, traits, the, the best physical traits that if you can get it right, the ceiling is highest. Uh, I think that, you know, Nick Mullins is a is a very poor man's Kirk Cousins. Um, Jaron Hall is just a is just a rookie that still has so much to learn. And so Dobbs is 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 the potential to be more dynamic. Maybe with Justin Jefferson, that helps things. And so I would give him one more chance before you pull the trigger and go to one of the other quarterbacks because um, I just think that 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 is the pathway to putting a few wins back together and being a tough team to play against down the stretch and in the playoffs much more that, you know, if, if you can calm down the mistakes for Josh Dobbs, I think that's the way to go versus sort of hoping and praying that hall or, or Mullins sort of finds lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I would go with hall. Um, the one, Part of your argument that does attract me more than the others is that we haven't seen Dobbs with Jefferson and that there's some intrigue there. Will he, will he run this offense better? Will he bounce back in part because he's had a two week break to digest what went wrong against Chicago in part because he has Justin Jefferson and that will simplify uh, reading defenses and simplify coverages because you know that the other team has to double or or have a safety over the top of Jefferson at all times. So I'm intrigued by that. Uh, I personally uh, am more intrigued, maybe because I have a shorter attention span than you, uh, I, I am more intrigued by Hall and finding out as much as you can about Hall right now because 
I think no matter what happens here, I think we're probably going to see Cousins coming back on some kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. And I also think that this regime wants to find its next quarterback, even if it's somebody who plays behind Cousins for a year or two. And I want to know as much as I can about Hall before we get there. And of course, the goal is to make the playoffs and the goal should be make the playoffs. But I also want them to find out more about Hall so they can make a more informed decision about him when it comes to making all their quarterback decisions this offseason. It's a great I mean, I totally understand that. Absolutely. um, Trying to figure out exactly what you have there. But for me, at least, I think that let's say you go into Vegas and let's say that Dobbs really struggles. Um, you still got one, two, three, four games. You got the entire, you got, you got a month to turn it over to hall and say, let's see what you have. Let's, let's, let's go there and let's, let's, you know, let, let's give you a full, the full complement of, uh, you know, starting reps in practice of, of the playbook of all these players and all that stuff in here. And, and so that's where I'm just at is just like, I still think there's time to go to Hall if it doesn't work one more time with Dobbs. And um, I I think that if, to me, it seems like this team still is prioritizing winning and getting to the playoffs. And if that is their goal, which I think it is, then I think that Dobbs represents the, 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 the highest likelihood that, hey, this offense is really difficult to deal with. We've seen it. We saw it in Atlanta. We saw it with New Orleans. We've seen what he can do when he's playing at a high level. So we don't know what, maybe Jaron Hall is capable of that. And, you know, I'm thinking back to that Atlanta game where he kind of drove the team right down the field and looked pretty good. Um, But I just have seen with my eyes what it looks like when Josh Dobbs is playing at a high level and how difficult the Vikings were to deal with without Justin Jefferson. So I just want to see if you can recapture that magic one more time before we say goodbye to it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you know, my gut just tells me Hall, and and here's here's where I think we can agree. Um, I think O'Connell has every justification to do whatever he needs to do at the quarterback position. I mean, if he needs to bench somebody after the first quarter and bring in the yes. next guy, fine. If he needs to try yes. out all three quarterbacks over a two week period, fine. Just it, we are in this season is now a scramble drill. Do it's whatever you need now. to do. Yep. Yes. Triage. Don't worry about feelings. Just, if you need to pull somebody and stick somebody else in there, fine. And if you need to go back to the other guy at some point, fine. Just, just scram. You know, the roster is too good. The season is too promising to let whatever quarterback is in there ruin your chances if he's not playing well. And I would say also on top of all of that, which I totally agree with, is the NFC is is as muddled and open as now San Francisco looks great and Philly looks yep. really good at the top. The rest of the field, I don't, I don't trust at all. Um, whether it's Detroit or Dallas or, um, you know, any of the other teams that are going to be in the mix, even green Bay, um, it, the Vikings should feel like there is the opportunity to not only get into the playoffs, but to win a game or, or two and really, you know, with the right matchup, have some success. Um, and so I just think that you're right. Like it should be an absolute all hands on deck. 
we are going to do whatever it takes to get the right answers here. And if that means changing our minds, if that means flipping it quickly within a game, put all the cards on the table and just see what happens. Absolutely. And by the way, it's also a testament to this team that without Justin Jefferson, when things weren't going very well, they beat that 49er team. Unbelievable. It's it's that 49er team is clearly the best in the NFL, clearly the best roster, well coached. And yes, they were missing Debo and maybe McCaffrey wasn't 100%, but you know, Vikings without Justin Jefferson, by far their best player. Uh, the fact they beat the 49ers, I mean, that it, it's just the ultimate testament to not giving up on a team that has talent. Uh, and this Vikings team does have talent. It does. Yep. It, and I just, the Niners really are the the one team, even though the Vikings did win, it's the one team where I look at if they went into a playoff game at, at San Francisco, yeah. I'd be like, eh, yeah, yeah, no chance. It would but look like the last time they played at San Francisco. It would look like yeah. the last time they played him in San Francisco in the playoffs. But, I mean, even Philly is a little vulnerable. Like, they've been they good. Are. And the Vikings almost a ton beat of them. Games. The Vikings almost beat them. And, and so, um, so they're not, you know, Dallas is perpetually – uh, disappointing in the playoffs. The Lions will be there for the first time in their in forever. And how do they handle all of that? Um, and and Green Bay, maybe this is just a hot streak for for Jordan Love. May or and, and maybe falls back to earth. Or maybe they're starting their ascent. I don't know. But the Vikings already beat Green Bay in Green Bay decisively. And mm-hmm. so uh they they should feel relatively optimistic about most of the things that can happen in front of them in the playoffs, but they got to get to the playoffs and, you know, yes, Vegas looks winnable. Yes. Cincinnati without Burrow looks winnable, but then it's Detroit, green Bay, Detroit. And so I think they got to go into these next two games being like, these are must win games. Like you, you have to win to give yourself any chance coming down the stretch of of pulling this thing off. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, we were going to get to the Vikings, the rest of the league, and our picks for the week. Uh, we want to let you know that we're coming to f- from the Aquarius Home Services Studios, and we want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Ho, ho, ho. The holiday season is here. And so are the cold winter temps. Is your old worn-out furnace keeping you warm? Aquarius Home Services is here to help keep you cozy all year long with our holiday super sale. Give your home a cozy, comfy, worry-free upgrade and enjoy 25% off a new whole home heating and cooling system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com today and schedule your free in-home consultation. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. I've been telling you a lot about Twill, twillmn.com. Twill, it is in the Edina Galleria, great place to shop, friendly, uh, not overly huge shop. It's This is not a department store. This is a specialty shop. This is a place that picks out great brands that they think you will like. These are brands hand-selected by Scott Dayton. It is Twill by Scott Dayton. It's his shop. He is in the shop. It's what he does. This is not just some... Uh, you know, some third interest for him. This is his passion. This is his business. This is his life. And I've really enjoyed getting winter clothes there. I told you about the winter gear I've bought there before. One other highlight I want to give you is their shoes. Uh, I just bought some Alden shoes. And I love the fact that you can go there and you can buy nice looking shoes, whether it's, you know, glossy, beautiful shoes that you would wear to a wedding, which I've bought recently, or 
casual shoes that you can wear with jeans or, or as Russo would call them, slacks, uh, nicer pants, uh, or, or a decent pair of jeans. And guess what? They're comfortable. I mean, for, you know, I'm old. And for most of my life, if you wore nice looking shoes, it meant your feet were going to hurt the next day, that they were going to cut in, that they were going to make you pay for wearing them. Great thing about Alden and his other shoe brands is they feel like running shoes. They're comfortable and the first try, you don't even have to break them in. Uh, I love that about their shoes. Uh, I've told you about all the other great brands, Johnny O, Peter Millar. They have a million great brands. But man, if you want some comfortable shoes you can wear to a next, the next time you want to actually have your feet look good, go to Twill. They will find the fit. They can order you specialty stuff. They will make sure that they fit you exactly right. Again, this is a specialty shop. They do men's clothing and they do it well, twillmn.com. Also want to let you know about TSR Injury Law. They sponsor the John Krasinski Show, sponsor a number of shows at this network. They've been great to us. If you're ever injured, they will be great to you. You, If you're injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to remember. They will take care of the rest. All right, here's the big question. Regardless of who plays quarterback, how much of an impact does Justin Jefferson's return make on this team? Maybe none at all. They won five in a row without him. So no, maybe, maybe he's the most overrated guy ever. Um, sure. With that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do think like it's going to be just enormous, right? Because I do think we have seen Jordan Addison perhaps hit a little bit of a rookie wall. Um, and it, it, he's been limited a little bit more of late, harder to get him open. Um, you're you're just going to see the gravity that Justin Jefferson commands from a defense, I would think open things up quite a bit. And remember, Jim, um, early on in the Bears game, I think, yeah, it was Dobbs' first pass of the game, deep down the field to Addison. Contested play would have been an amazing catch, but the ball was right where it needed to be, and Addison couldn't quite bring it in. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not saying he should have caught it, but I'm saying Justin Jefferson would have caught it. And so having that element of a sort of, I'm in trouble, I'm throwing it up to this guy and better than not, better chances than not that good things happen from it, I think is going to be big, whether it's for Dobbs, Jaron Hall, you know, Nick Mullins, whoever it is to have that kind of a weapon that just command so much attention it will make things easier on the quarterback it will certainly make things easier on jordan addison um to be more of the dynamic playmaker that we saw earlier on in the season and i just think that it's going to really sort of take the top off of an offense that struggled mightily the last two weeks yeah i agree with you and i think as i mentioned earlier i think the great thing about jefferson is he dictates defensive coverages. He dictates double teams. And yeah, they can mix up coverage and, and double him in different ways. But you know he's taking two defenders. He's taking the attention of two defenders. It simplifies the game for the other receivers. Addison, I think, has hit a rookie wall. I wouldn't be surprised after a bye and after feeling fairly chagrined about his performance against Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised to see him bounce back. Hawkinson has been you know, great. Uh, this, this means they can't double Hawkinson. Uh, I, I just think that it's going to make a big difference for whoever plays quarterback. I also think, John, I think this team needs to run the ball more 
and better. Yeah. And the way, the way Ty Chandler looked against Chicago, I wouldn't give up on Ty Chandler, but you know, Alexander Madison looks like he's playing better his last couple of games. He looks like he's, he's stopped the trend of just running hard without finding a hole and running right into the backs of his offensive line. And he looks like he's actually finding holes. Now this team should be a good run blocking team. And I think that's another way to simplify the game for, you know, a non-star star quarterback is to run the ball better. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's while, while we were watching that Chicago game, I think it was the first time all season that I was looking at Alec Lewis, who was sitting next to me, my colleague and Kevin Seifert was on the other side of me. And we were kind of all kind of like, why aren't they giving the ball to Alexander Madison more? Um, you know, he averaged over five yards a carry um, in that game, but he only got 10, 10 carries. And some of it was, you know, the way that the bears defense limited the, the, the plays that the Vikings were running. But the one thing that it felt like the Vikings had going for them in that game was Alexander Madison. And just kind of every time he got the ball, it was five, six, eight yards. And so maybe he is finding a little bit more of a rhythm that way. Maybe the offensive line is, is picking things up a little bit better and he's hitting the holes. Uh, but I, I do think, yes, that the Vikings will probably have to be a little bit more balanced going forward. Kevin O'Connell clearly believes that offense starts with the pass, which I totally am in agreement with him with. Um, but now that you bring Jefferson back, I think it would be harder for defenses to bring eight men to the box and single cover receivers on the outside. And, and that should make the running lanes even bigger for Alexander Madison. And yeah, I was disappointed in Chandler. Um, so I just give the ball to Madison and see what, see what you have and see if, see if he can get rolling and get the chains moving a little bit, because one thing that can settle a quarterback down, whoever it is, is if your offense picks up a couple of first downs on an early drive by running the ball. And, and so um, Justin Jefferson being back will help that be even more effective. And I thought it was actually pretty darn good against Chicago in limited uh, usage. Yeah, I agree completely. And uh, now the next topic I want to get to, you mentioned Kevin Seifert. I want to mention something he wrote about Brian Flores. I want to get into Flores a little more here. Uh, we do want to let you know that Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps, convenient financial services. That's why I'm telling you about Star Bank. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days, mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself for deposits and lending solutions. Work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. We also want to thank Tuttles, uh, Tuttles and Tuttles family of restaurants and bars where we hold so many of our live shows at talknorth.com. Tuttles is your Vikings headquarters for the best football party. They have great game day specials on Miller Lite and Coors Light tap beer, tall stadium cups for just five bucks, plus $5 food specials, including brats, hot dogs, jumbo sloppy joes, and pulled pork sandwiches. If pizza's your thing, get five bucks off any large pizza. Tuttles has cool game day giveaways, too, including a free number board with your chance to win a $100 gift card. Take in all the Viking game food, fun, and festivities at Tuttles. Tuttles Bar and Grill in Hopkins. Go Vikes! 
So Kevin Seifert, former colleague of mine, uh, longtime friend, one of the best people in our business, uh, great thinker, great reporter, great writer. He wrote a piece about Brian Flores and how Flores basically kind of, you know, working in Pittsburgh, picked up a University of Pittsburgh philosophy about, you know, basically defensive fronts and how to disguise coverages, disguise rushes. And we've seen the Vikings now, they rush three more than anybody else and they rush six more than anybody else. Uh, they have people standing at the line. They have defensive linemen standing at the line of scrimmage. They play three, four safeties at a time. Sometimes they play a bunch of linebackers. Sometimes they play a bunch of D linemen. And he has found a way to confuse offenses, to elevate this defense. And first of all, great work by Kevin Seifert on that piece. Also, as, as I pointed out in a recent piece I was writing about, Daniil Hunter and the importance of bringing him back, is Brian Flores, when you're trying to deal with keeping all these star players under the salary cap. Brian Flores is your best friend because he can take a lowly paid player and make him very effective in the scheme, whether it's DJ Wanham, whether it's Ivan Pace, whether it's Josh Metellus, who's so vital to this defense. Uh, he, This guy is so important. Eventually, he's going to be head coach in the league again, I think. But, man, the longer they can keep him around here, the better. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've said this before on the pod, we've talked about it this season, but certainly one of the big questions coming into the season was how much of last year's defensive struggles were about Ed Donatel, how much of it was it were, was about um, lack of talent. And what we have seen so far this season is it seems like more of the blame can be put on Donatel, or it certainly seems like more of the credit for the success this season can be put on Brian Flores because the Vikings did not make major significant additions to this defense from free agency, high draft picks, any of those things. And yet Brian Flores has come in and maybe it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, you know, maybe it was like the Timberwolves playing defense a couple of years ago where it was scrambling around and Patrick Beverly and and using these young guys and just just having them just outwork teams and throw things at them and confuse them. And it wasn't maybe sustainable over the long haul, but certainly in that season, it worked out well for them. Um, in this in this instance with the Vikings, it's absolutely Flores being unconventional throwing things at quarterbacks that they don't see week to week and accounting for maybe not necessarily a lack of talent, but certainly a lack of established veteran experience in some spots or, or veteran talent. And then, and then emphasizing the talent you do have to Hunter, Harrison Smith, um, you know, those types of players. Remember this team is also not, you know, had Marcus Davenport, for the Who? whole yeah right exactly and that was like their big signing and so um for flores to be able to do this with the group that he has um it shows an just a an incredibly high intellect for how to use the pieces you have to the best of your ability but also how to really put the opposing offense in uncomfortable situations and, 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 and play tentatively tentatively. And that's gotta be the goal for any defensive coordinator 
and Flores does not have the best talent to be to around him. He doesn't have a ton of high young high draft picks, things like that. But he's come up with a system that is super effective. Um, and he is an absolute major asset for this team going forward. And they should do everything they can to hold on to him for as long as he can they can before he gets a job somewhere else. No doubt about it. And just to cap the conversation, obviously Donatel's defense gave up an incredible number of yards. I will just say that he his philosophy, which is, okay, my defensive talent isn't very good, so we're going to play soft. We're going to hope we can come up with those big plays in our own, you know, in our own end zone with our backs to the end zone that are turning the game. And guess what? It worked for 13 victories. It wasn't sustainable. It wasn't ideal. But and and you knew it wasn't going to last. But I do have to give them at least credit for for putting them in a position where they could win games, and that ultimately is the point. So I'll give them that much. Uh, you mentioned for Davenport, sure. yeah. yeah, and you mentioned Davenport, uh, and I think Quezzi Adolfo Mensa right now. You can point to a lot of great things he's done, and you can point to some questionable things he's done, and some things that obviously didn't work. Davenport, talented guy. Very talented guy. When he's on the field, he makes a big difference. But they did spend a lot of money on a guy with an injury history, and guess what? He's been injured most of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely hits and misses for for Kwesi. Um, That's been kind of the story of the season for the Vikings, the ups and downs, and the story of Kwesi's tenure so far. Because, you know, you, you have the Lewis Seen uh, situation where I think he was on maybe punt, punt, cover or, or kick yep. cover and and you're and and you're just like wow i haven't seen number six out there forever and that this is where he's at so he's got those situations that have not panned out but then he gets tj hawkinson at the deadline last year he gets dobbs yep. and whether or not he's who is just a flash in a pan uh the two games that dobbs won for them are enormous and so so that's a big uh big thing in his favor and then you have Derisaw, you have um, you, you have how that offensive line have, has come together, and he has kind of held the fort with that. Uh, brings in Dalton Reisner. Like there, there have been good things that he has done that have added to this team at very important positions, and there have also been big swings and misses that have probably resulted in this team having a lower ceiling then had you had some more success and not you don't have to hit on everything because no GM hits on everything. But if you had just a little better batting average, uh, this thing could be looking a lot better than it is right now. Yes. Uh, I want to get to picks as a way to talk about the Vikings more and about the rest of the league. Uh, I want to let you know that you can also hear John Krasinski on the John Krasinski show, Timberwolves show, which is fantastic. Also, we've added the Dawn Mitchell show, Dawn of Sports. She has great guests. We have fun conversations. I highly recommend that as well. And if you like the Vikings, I also recommend Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager. He gives us a great inside view of uh, how front offices think and what his experiences were. Uh, I, I'm going to throw this game out there. New England against Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you could, you could make a case that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Although uh, the farther he gets away from, from Tom Brady, the more his reputation takes a beating. Mike Tomlin, one of the most impressive coaches in modern NFL history. And we are seeing two great coaches. We think try to 
function without quarterbacks, and it ain't pretty, man. It ain't pretty at all. Uh, th- there was a game last week in the NBA, Washington Wizards against Detroit Pistons, and Charles Barkley said on TNT that night, like, if you are not a family member of one of the players <laughs> involved, what are you doing watching that game? And that's what I feel like with the New England Patriots and Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, it's it's weird to say that with, like, the pedigrees of the organizations and how steeped in winning and tradition and well-run and everything they are because they are the antithesis of the Pistons and the Wizards in the NBA, which have been just listless for a long, long time. But um, but that's where I, what I feel about, about this game. You could not pay me to watch this game because it has been such an abomination, mostly for the Patriots, the, the the Steelers have been feisty um and and have kind of hung around but they don't they they don't have it they don't have the talent it's going to be another one like maybe the Patriots last week 6 nothing against the Chargers um maybe we're looking at another one like that just another unwatchable ugly slow scoring 3 to 2 game I'll take the Steelers 3 to 2 over the Patriots I'm going to take the Steelers 3 nothing I don't think the Patriots can get a safety out of it. Uh, let's go to Detroit-Chicago division battle. Chicago does look better, and I don't know if, you know, if if Sweat is was a smart franchise move to bring in somebody midseason to a lost cause, but he does make a difference in that defense. Defense front was much better against the Vikings than we've seen previously. Detroit, I don't know if they're great, but hey, full credit. They're winning games. They're better than they've been in since forever. Um, they're, they seem to be mentally tough. They're fun to watch offensively. Goff seems to be getting over his mild slump. So I, I will take the Lions, but but I will say this is a more interesting game today than it might you might have thought it would be two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I, I do think that it's going to be competitive. Um, I do think that the Bears made a huge mistake in winning last week or two weeks yep. ago against the Vikings because I just think that they need to be in full-on tank mode and and getting you know get the highest draft pick you can to pair with the one that you have from Carolina and and really go into a a rebuild with what this roster needs but they are showing more signs of fight especially in a division with a familiar opponent um I can see it being close but I do think I think the Lions are just so talented that um they are not going to have the same sort of shortcomings that the Vikings showed with Josh Dobbs playing as poorly as he did without Justin Jefferson. Um, the, the Lions have a lot more weapons. So, you know, probably like 24, 17, something like that for, for the lions I'll, on Sunday. I'll also admit this. Uh, it's easier to write off quarterbacks in this league because the bar is so high. We compare everybody to the top five, top 10 quarterbacks in the league. I still don't know what to think of fields. Uh, yeah. there's so much athletic ability uh, he throws a nice ball. He can throw from awkward positions. There are times he looks like Patrick Mahomes. There are times he looks like Lamar Jackson. And there are times where he looks like Nick Malt. I mean, you just don't – I mean, but there's so much ability there. He's one of those guys to look at and say, is he failing or is he being failed? I, I totally agree with you. Um, now, the physical tools are are absolutely 100% there. I mean, he has a huge arm. He has he is a great runner. Um it, it it seems to be about two things with him 
right now. It's it's processing decision making, that kind of thing, and it's talent around him. Um, and so, I w- I would love to see jo- Justin Fields in a more competent organization with a better coaching staff, with better players around him. Like, let's just say, let's just say, if you um, traded him right now to the Vikings, like I think that he would be much much better than than he's been for Chicago. I think that they would find ways to work with his strengths and minimize his weaknesses and 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 surround him with talent in a way that the Bears have not been able to do. So I am not ready to just say that Justin Fields is a bust or that he won't ever play again in this league at you know as, as a starting quality caliber um, quarterback. Um, but I also have to acknowledge that he's not doing anything really to move the needle offensively for the bears right now. I mean, they they had nothing against the Vikings until the last drive late in the game. And he made a few plays, which was nice, but you got to be a lot more consistent than what he's been. Packers giants. I'm picking this game just because we want to talk more about the Packers. Uh, I, of course I'll take the Packers to win, but that's not really the point here. Jordan love what I really liked about him on Sunday night is not only to beat a really good defense and a championship pedigree team, but he did it without Aaron Jones. I thought Aaron Jones was mm-hmm. kind of his his security blanket, a guy who can mm-hmm. is really good in the pass game, is really smart, who can bust a run for you, you can kind of keep defenses on their heels. A.J. Dillon is just not that much of a threat. Nobody cares about A.J. Dillon or the running game right now, and he still won a game against a really good team and a really good defense, throwing three touchdown passes. Uh, again, I don't know how good he is, but he's better than he looked a month ago. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I'm not ready to say yet that the Packers have their guy for the next 10 years um, yet, but because I still remember how he looked against the Vikings in Green Bay. And you and I were talking about it after that game, and I just I think I said, like, that he's not the guy. Like, he doesn't have it. Now, credit to him, credit to the Packers for kind of finding ways and figuring things out. He certainly looks like he has such a better feel for the game uh, right now as compared to back then because I, th- I kind of similarly to Justin Fields, I never really doubted Jordan Love's physical abilities. Like, he throws a great ball. He seems to be able to move around in the pocket. Um, those things are there. It's always been about... Can he lead a team? Can he execute uh, at, at a high level when you need him to? And now he's starting to do that. So uh, I want to see the sample size grow um, and 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 see it kind of see him really kind of build on what he has the last three games. But it's very encouraging for the Packers. It's very uh, discouraging for the Vikings because it looks like right now they are putting things together. And now a team that you didn't have to worry about a couple of weeks ago is now maybe the team that you worry about more than most right around you in the NFC about coming and getting catching you and, and pushing you down the table. Last two picks, biggest game in the league and the Vikings game, Philly, Dallas, uh, Philly, their back seven has been questionable all year. Their front four, even though it's very talented has not been dynamic enough to cover up their flaws. We saw the Vikings torch them. Uh, through the air way back when, and they really haven't fixed much. They've just been winning. I, I really think as good as Philly is, and they are good and they are talented, I feel like if it wasn't for the tush push and the fact that mm-hmm. they convert every fourth down and they score every time they're inside the five, I mean, what a great edge for that franchise. They don't run the ball particularly well. 
they have with Goddard hurt. They really have two options in their passing game. Hertz is excellent, but you know, they're not as talented offensively as I think we thought they might be. And Dallas is playing as well as they ever, and, and Dak Prescott are playing as well as they have in a long, long time. I'm going to take Dallas. I think I agree with you, Jim. I mean, it's at Dallas, number one. Um, number two is that I think Hertz is playing a little banged up. Like we hear yeah, every week he kind of uh, allusions to that. And so there just doesn't seem to be the same sort of explosiveness, dynamic ability for him, um, whether it's, you know, a knee or a leg or issue or something that is, that has taken some of it away. So I think that factors in. And thirdly, I think an important factor is um, the, the, the Cowboys played on Thursday so they have a little extra time to prepare for this game. And they 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 got to rest up a little bit. Um, and so um, the, I think they'll be just a little bit fresher going into this game. And so, I th- again, I think it'll be a close game. Um, I, I do think Philly will bounce back a little bit because they got spanked by the Niners. And, and there, there will be some pride that gets them back into it. But I do like Dallas at home with a little extra rest probably a little bit healthier than what the Eagles are right now. Now, Vikings at Vegas, uh, question mark at quarterback against a team with a question mark at quarterback. I think the Vikings should win this game. Feels weird to pick them winning a road game after the last two performances, Mm -hmm. but I'm still going to pick them. I just think Jefferson, I I think they'll find a way at quarterback and either Dobbs will be better or Hall will play well. And I think Jefferson's return and being fresh and being hungry for the stretch run, I think the Vikings find a way to win a fairly close game. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't feel great about it. Um, But, and I would tell you, if Josh McDaniels was still coaching this team, I'd love the Vikings in this game. Oh, then I'd pick Um, them to win by 20, yes. (laughs) But they do seem, the Raiders do seem more competent with uh, Antonio Pierce running the show. Now they have lost to um, they lost to the Dolphins and Kansas City, both really good teams. Um, and so I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't really necessarily look that as a bad thing. But they they are coming off a bye as well, so there's no rest advantage for the Vikings. Um, but I do just think that this is the game where if you are serious, if you are going to stay in the playoff hunt, if this is a team that is going to steady itself and get back, you you go and win this game. Like you are going, you have advantages with Justin Jefferson coming back. You have talent advantages around the field. The Raiders are five and seven They're but they're just sort of like, it's just a, it's a team that wants to be beaten. It feels like. And so what the Vikings have to do is go in and not turn the ball over a bunch and play a clean game and then they'll win. But um, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think anything is going to be easy down the stretch for this team, the way that it's playing and the razor's edge that they walk on. So I, I I'm with you, Jim. I still think I, I have a hard time picking them to lose this game, but if they do lose this game, all of a sudden they are in they're all of a sudden in a deep hole, I think, and how they climb out of that might be very difficult. Uh, no doubt about it. Good stuff, John. Hey, everybody, listen to the John Krasinski Show. The Wolves are a blast, and so is that show. Thanks to Brandon Morton. Thanks to all of our sponsors and all of our listeners. We'll talk to you next week.